1: you're professing to be a Christian? Edgy. Well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in there? Get engaged in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassion. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica
0: Matthew, Monica Show. Matthew Show.
1: Welcome back to The Monica Matthews Show. Happy Thursday to you. Happy Constitution Day. 233 years old and still kicking, kind of, albeit on one leg and half of a foot, but we're still here. We are still here. We have not been overthrown yet. Our constitution has not been overthrown yet. That's great news. Great news. The constitution, why is that so important? I just thought, why don't we go in a constitution? (laughs) You know what I was referring to? Teaching our kids in public school. Why don't we throw in a constitution so they know what's in that? I was having a conversation for my, uh, for my intro, and I'm like, our kids have no idea what's in our constitution. They they don't know what it constitutes. They have no idea what's important. All I know is a bunch of slave owners signed it. And we got to get rid of it. Just like, you know, you do anything with... Lineage or Heritage, a a group, an individual, a a group, a, a generation of people who lack identity. And it is astounding to me that, you know, the one document that gives this nation an identity through its formation of separation of powers, right? My daughter and I had a very interesting conversation today about power and about how much, God hates the imbalance of power. When power is abused, And she, in her infinite biblical wisdom, I love it. I love it. Some things do stick, you know. Um, She says to me, Mom, there's a reason that God kept telling them, you really don't want a king. And they're like, no, 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 we want to be like everybody else. We want a king. We want a king. He's like, okay, well, Here you go. Here's Saul. He looks good. He smells good. He looks like that Abercrombie and Fitch Jesus. Y'all know who I'm talking about, the white Jesus with the flowy hair and the shades. (laughs) And y'all know that is not what Jesus looks like. Stop it. So, But my daughter was like, God was like, yo, I'm telling you, just let me be your God. Trust me on this. And so there you go. Who did you end up with? Saul who ended up being batshit crazy. And it took King David to come, well, before he was King David, little boy David, little little boy Pete, really, out there guarding the sheep, um, to come and, you know, play music for him. That was the only thing that would calm him. And he had a demonic spirit that the Lord sent upon him, an evil spirit, basically of terror. Saul had a lot of issues, and I think what God did was he used, you know, God can use a jackass to write in on. I say that a lot about my own show, my own ministry, just my life in general, especially when I'm speaking on behalf of the kingdom from from whence I came, and I diligently attempt to stay connected to in this crazy, mucked-up world that we live in that affects me like it does all of you on an hourly basis. Um, But my faith, man, like my faith is my umbilical cord. Some days I'm choking myself with it. Other days, you know, I'm feeding and I'm nourished and I'm hydrated and I'm, you know, perfectly plugged in. Other days I've got it wrapped around my ankle, around my, you know, I'm just tied up and twisted and it's all confusing. And I'm, yeah, it's just, I'm cutting off my own oxygen. I mean, it's a mess. Yeah, y'all know, I mean, if your faith isn't messy, If your walk of faith is not messy, you're probably not doing it right. (laughs) That's just my personal opinion. So back to power and the Constitution. So we're, we're talking about, you know, the construct of, I love it, my boyfriend says, who is a staunch conservative. He's like, how many times do you see the word democracy? Zero. How many times do you see the word republic? I think it's like over 50 or 60 times. So when people are like including Republicans, you know, we live in a democracy and it's like actually no we don't. Because what we actually we're starting to see exactly why a democracy doesn't work because you're seeing the mob rule right now. And and really, you know, I try to I try to keep the lights on at night for us and just remind us that it, there really is a a sliver of folks, sliver who are basically the half percenters the the 0.3 percenters of of this country who are wreaking havoc who make us all think that they are the majority but they're not you and I are the majority and that's evident by the fact that we have a duly elected president and hopefully we will have him for another 4 years um so Today is Constitution Day. I would normally be at a banquet this evening, but thank you, COVID, for ruining one more thing and one more uh, ability for us to get together and celebrate and congregate and do all those things that, that we do uh, as conservatives and patriots who enjoy celebrating the fact that we do live in an ever-evolving, yet grounded and rooted in, in a document that is so, as far as I'm concerned, God breathed and inspired and meant for this particular dispensation in time. We're so young, we're so young, and whenever you look at it compared to where my my relatives come from, Germany and Greece, for God's sakes, you know, you go over there and you're like, holy crap, I just used the bathroom in a sewer system that was like, you know, this thing is 3,000 years old, we think we have infrastructure issues here in the city of Atlanta, Right. But in our watershed sucks, just for the record. But over there, you know, you are legitimately walking on cobblestone that more than likely Jesus and the apostles walked upon. So it's, um, it puts things in perspective and look at all of the changes that these countries over there are really no longer, they no longer belong unto themselves. And don't you ever let anyone tell you differently. They have been purchased. They've been sold to the highest bidder in the way of the EU. And all of their borders are open. And if you don't think there's a hefty price that comes with that, they can't fish in their own waters. They can't mine. They can't do anything. Matter of fact, they're getting to a point where an EU militia is on the table. That's a little less like sovereignty. And that is something that this document ensures that, as long as we can keep it, as long as we can keep it, what a great book I promoted that book last week because I love it. It's Eric Metaxas's book fantastic uh um radio host, phenomenal author, he's just a great literary, a very a super historian, he's great um, if you can keep it, if you can get your hands on that book, you should you know Benjamin Franklin comes out of this on this day. And, uh, and, and the lady catches him coming out of, you know, their final meeting on on the, what is it, 4,200 words that the Constitution is made up of. And, and what, you know, okay, what do we have, a monarchy or a republic? And he's like, a republic if you can keep it. And so Eric in this book goes on to outline the fact that all of us have a presupposed responsibility and obligation to keep it and to know from whence we came. And what that means, what that meant then, and what it means now, and what it means going forward as a nation. But most people don't. And for sure, our children do not. Our government is so beyond bloated. You know, it's like the woman you see at the beach in the bikini, this isn't fat shaming because hell, I've been one of them for a number of years. I just choose not to wear my bikini anymore. But I'm getting there, y'all. I'm ten pounds down and closer to my goal. By the turn, by the time I turn fifty, I'm gonna be slinking around in the Mediterranean in the bikini of my dreams. <laughs> so, uh, but y'all know who I'm talking about—the woman who knows that she ate one too many friggin' Twinkies does not need to be in that. David. she has squeezed every single ounce of. Meat she can into these little slivers of fabric, and um, and she's just hanging all kinds out. That's our government. Every single branch is bloated. We're out of order. We are, uh, the the legislatures governing from their own bench. Hell, the media has become a legislative branch. For God's sake, so we are we are way out of bounds. People tend to think that this document is living and it's breathing and just like they do scripture. And, and to a certain extent, scripture is living and breathing in that it is the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit never goes against himself. And so if what you're hearing is, um, is juxtaposed from what fundamental truth is in that word, you're probably not hearing from the Spirit of God. That's not to say you're not hearing from a spirit, but it's probably just not the spirit of God. Same thing with our Constitution. You know, I'm very nervous about, and I know my colleague, Mark Levin. God, I love that man. He's brilliant, fantastic, just a, oh, such a great patriot. He really is an advocate for a convention of the states. And I'm. Not altogether there. I'm not sold that that is a very safe thing to do. I look around my country right now, and I'm just not so sure that I trust any form of a possibility of abolishing the Constitution in its entirety. I don't trust my neighbor to vote for freedom, much less get a convention of the states. And you look around at the various states and you think to yourself, wow, wow. You know, other than clearly South Dakota, who has actually operated as a republic, as an individual state for the past 233 years. I'm sure some of your states have, but but when I've started looking for places to flee, you can call it white flight, I call it freedom flight. Um, and people mandating masks and telling me I can't do this and my food supply chain is nuts. And, you know, I live in a jungle over here in the city of Atlanta for real. Um, and I started looking around the country to where I would want to, you know, extend my tent pegs in the near future. And I got to tell you, Governor Noem, she's on my radar. South Dakota is on my radar She is, um, and the people there, it's not just her because leaders come and go, but the people there have decided that that's the republic they want to keep and their freedom is that important to them. And that's how they live. Their government's not bloated. They don't have a state income tax. Uh, She trusted them to be able to make the right decision uh, regarding masks or social distancing, whatever. Sure, they had a few problems in chicken plants and all of that, but for the, by and large, people there governed themselves with a sense of obligation to one another, to their own families rooted in faith. And as flawed as our founding fathers were, if you don't think for two seconds that these gentlemen were fundamentally men of amore, A more. I'm not saying they were all Christian. I'm saying that they had a form of observance for something greater than themselves. And they just didn't want to bring the restrictions over here, the monarchy over here. And they took a chance. They took a chance in trusting that we would actually uphold this Constitution by being able to govern ourselves. I found a couple of clips on the Constitution that were uh, interesting to me and again today is Constitution Day. We're looking at 233 years old. The Constitution of the United States of America September 17, 1787 Preamble We, the people of the United States, IN ORDER TO FORM A MORE PERFECT UNION, ESTABLISH JUSTICE, ENSURE DOMESTIC TRANQUILLITY, PROVIDE FOR THE COMMON DEFENSE, PROMOTE THE GENERAL WELFARE, AND SECURE THE BLESSINGS OF LIBERTY TO OURSELVES AND OUR POSTERITY, DO ORDAIN AND ESTABLISH THIS CONSTITUTION FOR THE UNITED STATES OF AMERICA.
0: The United States Constitution was a set of rules and ideals that the Constitutional Convention put together. It stated how the government was to be organized and run. The Constitutional Convention included representatives from each colony and they met at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Some familiar names of representatives you might recognize are George Washington and Ben Franklin. Each colony's representatives had to agree or ratify the new constitution in order for it to go into effect. It took four months for the representatives to agree on a final version of the constitution. The first colony to ratify the constitution was Delaware on December 7, 1787. By June 21, 1788, nine states had ratified the constitution and it went into effect. Not all representatives liked the Constitution. Some were put off by the phrase, We the People. They didn't like that this document could take away each state's identity. After the Constitution took effect, the Bill of Rights was formed, and this made people more comfortable. The Bill of Rights was a series of amendments to the Constitution that further explained rights of people and the operations of government.
1: rights of people and the operation of government. I'd say our government is... I'm trying to think of the perfect analogy. It's like a floating dumpster fire. Right? I mean, seriously. It is... um, It is, like I said, the word bloated comes to mind. The power structure... Of and we and we've given it over. We've given it over. My daughter and I talked about that today. Everywhere we went, we had to put a mask on, then take a mask off, then watch to the bathroom, wash our hands, and put on another mask, and come back and eat, and almost have put on a mask while we eat. You know, I mean, it's crazy. And even she was like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts that no one knows what to believe." I'm telling you, the media, it and this is my industry. I don't know how I end up getting in these industries that just suck. Everything from music to media. Maybe it's because the devil really is the prince of the air. (laughs) So anything to do with airwaves and you for sure have confusion. You know, I mean, it's communication. The same thing that causes breakdown in your families. Communication. I love this. My former church had their own Ten Commandments. It's priceless. You ready? Oh, so good. Communicate, 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 repent. <laughs> communicate, 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 repent. <laughs> it's fantastic. Think about that. But we are so afraid to speak the truth. We're so afraid to speak truth to lies. We are afraid of one another. We are ill-informed. We are disinformed. We are misinformed, as are our children. We live in a bloated emotional state. We live in constant fear and anxiety. We live in guilt, national guilt and shame. We live in a constant state of apologizing and confusion. And where there's not clarity, of course, there's confusion. And there's one main driving force of this. And because the left has figured out that the media is absolutely complicit in a second branch uh, representing them as the left in this nation, as that democratic voice, right? This is the nation that we're stuck with for now, with the division and the screeching and the lies and injustices and imbalances of power. I love the fact that AG Barr is pounding sand right now. He's he is issuing subpoenas. He's going after people. I gotta tell you, I'm personally not hopeful that anyone from the Obama administration will do any form of time that we will ever see justice served in my lifetime or yours. And that is something that ends up wrecking the hearts and minds of a people. When justice is thwarted, when due process is thwarted, you literally wreck the psyche, the soul of a nation. You know how I know that for sure? Because again, my trusty Bible will tell me that because of lawlessness in the latter days, men's hearts will wax cold. And that's what we see happening. Cold hearts. So something interesting happening, speaking of, happened uh, just yesterday, speaking of media and just wackadoo moments. So Newt Gingrich, beloved former speaker, Newt Gingrich, love him. One of the best orators I've ever heard in my entire life. He's right up there with an Eric Metaxas. Um, Holy wow, if you've never had, I don't care what you think of him personally and his divorces or whatever, his Catholicism, put all that aside for a moment and put on your thinking caps. And if you ever have an opportunity to listen to Newt Gingrich speak in, in, a, in a private forum, you need to do that. In a small forum, you need to do that. Sign up for it, private, public, whatever. Uh, be in his presence as he, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he's just, he's profoundly gifted whenever it comes to uh, public speaking. So he is on um, with Outnumbered, of course, a bunch of hens and the one rooster in the middle. And poor Newt, you know, he goes to just tell the truth. And he mentions George Soros' is funding, um you know, campaigns and the chaos in the streets that we see. And we all know this. I've said this for years. He's kind of like the boogeyman that no one wants to talk about. And his name has almost become this hyperbolic expression, right? It's like a hyperbolic. He's like a hyperbolic noun himself. And so even whenever I use his name, I use it almost with, you know, trepidation because I'm like, oh, God, they're going to think I'm bloviating. And I'm not. The man really does have that level of disdain for our country and the world system the way that it is with autonomy, sovereignty, and independence. That is not his language. That is not the kingdom from whence he comes. Self-avowed, mind you. Saw nothing wrong with what he did to the Jews, and he's a Jew. Saw nothing wrong with what he did with taking their possessions, with narking on them uh that's what he was told to do and that's what he had to do to survive and that's what he did and he doesn't feel bad about it he's legitimately a sociopath as well i'm sure as his son since they both um champion the same campaigns around the country chiefly here with Stacey abrams is the one i'm i'm most familiar with um our governor de facto i think she's actually given up on that now so um Maybe our black-only town in South Georgia can uh, appoint her to run the town. That would be amazing, get her off of the national platform. So at any rate, Newt Gingrich, amazing orator, he's on talking about George Soros. And uh, Harris Faulkner, who is a beautiful, beautiful black woman, she uh, was happened to be heading this, uh, she was the head hen for the day, and uh, she was leading the conversation on the show. And that tragic, I, her name just completely escapes me. I'm going to scroll down through here and see if I can uh, find it. But, um, oh gosh, where is it? Okay. I think it's Melissa Francis. Okay. I think so. No, it was not. It was Marie Harf. Oh. The worst of the worst whenever it comes to liberal media pundits. Okay, so uh, Gingrich argued that money provided by the billionaire progressive activist Soros was helping to fuel riots in multiple U.S. cities throughout the summer following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Sorry. Uh, which we are now, more and more of this is coming out, by the way, which will, you will never hear about in mainstream media ever, ever, never again, because he is now St. George And too much has been profiteered off of the death of St. George, which was propagated by the level of fentanyl in his system, that if you had that or your pet elephant, uh, it would have gone down as well. So... Uh, he goes on to say progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, overwhelmingly elected with George Soros money. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I concur. And they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. Gingrich said on Wednesday, absolutely. I can attest to that right here in my own city and a murder that happened right literally a half a mile down the street from my house because of a guilty white judge who decided that she had dreams about this poor little black kid who had already had multiple, multiple, multiple charges under his belt. The prosecutor was like, Judge Downs, I'm telling you now, don't let him back out. He is a major threat to society. Well, I just, you know, I I just have visions and dreams about young men like you, and I really think that you're set up to beat the system. He was like, "Mm, okay, awesome. So he gets out. What does he do? Shoots a young man. Uh, creates a widow and an orphan in a matter of seconds robbing a group of wedding participants uh, late at night waiting on an Uber outside of a country club in my neighborhood. The man is dead, his wife is still mourning, so is his mother, and his child will grow up fatherless. Kudos to Judge Doris Downs, who mm, kind of in the shadows, sort of kind of stepped down a little, uh, but she was never held accountable for that. She was lambasted slightly by people like me and local media and others who, you know, went to the bond hearing and understood what was really going on behind the scenes, uh, saw the sausage being made um, and realized that white guilt is real. And you're just not allowed to talk about it, especially if you're white. OK, so I concur with Newt Gingrich positively. Uh, he goes on to say, I'm not sure we need. To- oh, no, this is what uh, Melissa Francis says. I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros into this. And then Harris says, I was going to say, you get the last word, speaker. And uh, Gingrich says, he paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions of dollars, and then he was interge- he was intercepted, really, by uh, Marie Harf, who is literally the worst. Um, and she says, no, he didn't. I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay, so it's verboten, which is German for forbidden. It's it's you're not allowed to do that. Um, okay, we're going to move on Faulkner says, "But in the middle of all of this there is this an unbelievable tension." In radio, tension is a good thing. See there? Like it kind of keeps you you're like, "Well, wait a minute. It's a little uncomfortable." But if I say something that is like a poignant, it, I mean, it it is. I just drop something on you and I want you to contemplate what I just said, if I'm really good at what I do, I'm going to be comfortable with the pregnant pause. right there you just heard my dog snore probably but in the beginning of my radio career I hated it because I was like oh my god I'm on the air and I gotta talk I was like a blender with a lid off according to my former PD and that was true I was because I was afraid of the silence when you're on television that's not a good look (laughs) and it was a horrible look Harris looked confused these two nuts who are shutting him. I'm not sure George Soros needs to be brought. Well, no sooner did that happen than all of social media uh, right blows up, literally, and they're like, to hell with Fox, as if they haven't already. We're done canceling, not watching, psh, over, bunch of liberals, blah, blah, blah. So Harris apparently comes back today, and she apologizes for her lack of of uh, really professionalism and keeping the conversation going, moving along, not allowing like these very uncomfortable moments and these other two women to hijack the conversation. It's like, look, you're either hosting the show or you're allowing someone else to host the show. And especially when the show becomes derailed and your guest is prohibited from doing exactly what the Constitution allows for us to do, which is speak freely. I told you. Our government is bloated. And part of the blame of that is the fourth branch of our government, which is absolutely uh, the media. Positively, hands down, cannot deny it. Absolutely the media. So I just, you know, I just want to tell you guys pay attention to what's happening around you with the election. Pay attention to the distractions. Pay attention to your children. Order those little I think they're free. I I, I worked on a campaign once where the young lady I was representing um, she would hand out pocket constitutions all the time, like little tracks, almost. You know how Christians are; the evangelicals run around with little biblical, little Bible tracks, and it's the same thing with the Constitution. Put it in your pocket. Ever need to refer to it? It's right there. A Bill of Rights. Everything. The preamble. Everything's right there for you to read. Uh, it's a very thin little book. It's not that big. Bring your readers, and um, and that way you can have an informative conversation, especially if you're talking to people about my new clothing line my new slogan based t-shirts which is if you're an American act like one which you can find at etsy.com forward slash store forward slash Monica Matthews merch I'm going to be changing the name of my store because somebody I love dearly can't stand it so you'll have to stay tuned for what I'm going to change it to. But hey, I meant to tell you guys yesterday as well, if you're running for office, if you have GOP offices, if you're at the federal, state, whatever, national rather, rather or state level of the GOP or even libertarians for that matter, for God's sakes, um, if you are in need of a fundraising item, you are welcome to my shirts. It is something that I can very easily remove my slogan from from the back. And you guys can put all your sponsors and different people on them on the back they're fantastic they're cotton they're soft they're they fit well they're not cheap and uh, they're made in america so there you go kind of like me all right and uh yeah have a good day be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror get engaged stay engaged in your prayers tonight thank god for 233 years of being governed by a document that is really going to be the only thing in our agreement with it and our protection of it to keep us moving along as the constitutional republic that we are. I love you. Until tomorrow, if you're an American, act like one.